A quick note about the audio on this episode. I reached Susan while she was in rural Ireland recording her new record, and the internet went out partway through our conversation via Zoom. When we reconnected via phone, there was some static on the line, so the audio sounds uh, a little different in the first half than it does on the second half, and there is some static that I've attempted to do my best to eliminate, but it's not entirely gone. I do hope you enjoy the conversation and strongly encourage you to check out Susan O'Neill's performance at the Winnipeg Folk Festival. I was a free bird sailing through the black and starry sky. I was a reverie. You're listening to a special podcast produced by UMFM 101.5 in partnership with the Winnipeg Folk Festival. Running Thursday, July 6th through Sunday, July 9th at Picturesque Birds Hill Park, Winnipeg Folk Festival is a celebration of people and music that has been one of North America's premier outdoor music festivals for over 40 years. I'm Michael Elves, host of Thank God It's Free Range, and this episode spotlights Susan O'Neill. O'Neill, an Irish singer-songwriter who's recorded under the name Song, as well as under her own name, and performed with the likes of Mick Flannery, will be performing on Saturday, July 8th at Little Stage in the Fourth at 1.30 p.m. For the full lineup, a complete list of set times, to purchase tickets, and for more information on the Winnipeg Folk Festival, visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca.
All right. Well, Irish singer-songwriter Susan O'Neill comes to the Winnipeg Folk Festival, and she joins us by Zoom to talk before coming to the festival. Welcome to the show, Susan. Thank you so much for having me. My How's pleasure. It going? It's going well. Uh, excited to, to have you uh, come come to the festival and uh, come to Winnipeg. Um, I, I know you played a lot of gigs in the States on your tour with Mick Flannery. Did you come to Canada at all on that tour? Um, we uh, briefly, but not, not so much in Canada. We were in Cal- Calgary. Um, we played the Calgary Folk Festival. That was that was incredible. Um, and the Edmonton Folk Festival, actually, which was also a great time. Um, but we didn't make it to Winnipeg last time. So I'm looking forward to it. It's a, it's a, it's a new trip for me, all completely fresh. So I'm, I'm really excited. Now, I know you grew up in the, in the trad music scene in Ireland. Uh, like are folk fests kind of the most equivalent in, in, in North American kind of terms to what your experience is in, in folk music in Ireland or is is it a, a vastly different experience for you? It's a bit different. Uh, but I mean, I guess similar in the sense that some of the same bands uh, you might see uh, that, that tour around. But I mean, uh, festivals, they're much bigger <laughs> in Canada for sure. True enough. Definitely, size yeah. would be the first and probably most notable one ones. But I, I kind of grew up in County Clare, which is the home of traditional Irish music. Well, some people call it the home, but really, it's played all over, of course. Um, and the, it is uh, is something that is ingrained in what I listen to. Uh, but I also was kind of very just drawn to American folk, and and I was also very drawn to country and. Um, some other genres when you know when I was listening, uh, like jazz and and we had gospel here as well. So um, it's interesting. We d- we do have um, there there is a quite a unusual mix of things going into it um, at the moment. You know, it's it's lovely. Ireland is quite good for it, and so Canada's felt the very same. You know, there's a beautiful mix of music going on at the moment. Was there any question that you would go into music, or was it just kind of like? in the background and always something that you were exposed to? Like, was there a point at which you're like, I'm going to be a musician or is it just kind of like, I know from experience being in Ireland, like everyone just kind of like picks up an instrument and plays for fun, but it isn't necessarily like a vocation or a pursuit necessarily. Yeah, it kind of is everywhere here. Um, You know, it's kind of how we celebrate how when good times are being had or people are sharing uh, space at a table together you know it often goes around and everyone is encouraged to sing or do something so that's definitely deeply ingrained in the culture um i was in a brass band i was put into a brass band when i was maybe 10 or 11 and uh, my parents knew that i had loads of energy and didn't really know what to do hmm. you know so i uh, with this very very active child and they put me into a band and it was three nights a week so i actually kind of started with brass and then i actually uh, started singing in a gospel choir but you know all the while we'd learn a tin whistle in school so it was I, I guess there was there was never a point really that I made any decisions it was just always around and it just I guess became more dominant uh, as the years went on. So a brass band and you know the tin whistle in school and then a gospel group you're you're getting a wide exposure to a, a few different styles there but that doesn't necessarily dictate kind of where you end up with your own music or the fact that you would even write your own music at what point do you start writing your own music 
I guess for me, I started as a teenager just wanting to take to a diary and give out about something. And then uh, after a while, you start to kind of, you know, when you, if you're playing guitar, you're, you can kind of turn some of them into songs. Um, and that's kind of just how I started. It was just a means and way to express myself and be open on a page. And it's a little, it can be more vulnerable in some ways when you put your words to music, but it can also actually be helpful. You can say things that you wouldn't necessarily say in a conversation. Right. So, yeah. Although you, cool. you might have written it in a diary and not then shared it with the world. Like, like I have to imagine that's the psychological hurdle to get past. <laughs> exactly. Here are my innermost, deep, deepest, darkest thoughts. And now I'm singing them out loud. But uh, music can make those kind of, those lines and those moments where you're, where you're getting to express yourself. I, I just think it carries it through. It's, um, it's, it's a really, it's a great tool to, to use when you're trying to express yourself. And that's where I began. And so many people write in so many different ways, but I, I love, I love it to just, uh, I, yeah, get the secrets out, <laughs> get, get the embarrassing things up on a page and deal with them. You, uh, you released your first record under like the acronym SON or son. Yeah. But more recently you've released things under your, your full name. Was there like a conscious decision to kind of like own these things and, and th there for them to be Susan O'Neill rather than kind of hiding behind that son label? Well, yeah, actually that, that would be a little part of it for sure. It was just, uh, I always liked the idea of bands that could have a, a name and, and get into the character of whatever that name represents. I, I thought that it was also a really uh, playful and fun thing to have. And I guess when I was doing Sun, I just liked that, as you say, it, it can mean so many different things. But um, the the main reason in the end is a, is a kind of funny one as well. It's just people kind of missed it or they weren't sure what I was saying. It was kind of hard to communicate. And um, yeah, so in a way, I thought that my name suited what I was saying because it was so personal and yeah I guess you're correct just just to stand up and and uh, own it well it's interesting because I, I read a art, an interview you did with Business Post uh, during the tour with Mick where you said performing live is a wonderful way of trying on different pieces of your soul and I, I was curious about you know like whether you know the sun period was like one piece of your soul and the Susan O'Neill's a different piece and like how, how you view like yourself as like a whole person or like individual kind of like snapshots of like different different times or different people um it's funny that's that's such a huge question right actually, when you think so it's massive um i i happen to enjoy the concept uh whether it's fully in effect or not but i enjoy the concept of us being able to kind of be different people that have different versions of ourselves throughout days anyway i think doesn't the word personality come from persona? You know, it's just the idea um, of of having many different masks and and uh, always wearing them, and then it can be playful, and life can be playful in that way. And um, there's there's the version that goes on stage. There's the version that greets their family. There's the version that goes out and or you know the the undertaking of of new endeavors. And and yeah, I, I like the idea that we go through those kind of phases anyway and we have different flavors to our activities and as we grow as people so um yeah i think that's kind of 
<laughs> it's it's an interesting it's a very interesting question and so does songwriting allow you to explore those different personas i know in reading the stuff that came out around the time of the the release with mick that he said you know he loves kind of writing from different characters point of views and it's not necessarily mick but there's maybe a flavor of mick in it do you find that's the same with you and your own songs that like it's it's you at a remove or there's like a kernel of susan within every song but it's not necessarily like the protagonist of each song i i think that two separate kind of things can occur we've been writing well many things but you know sometimes people mention about the flow state where they sit down and an idea just kind of beams into them and they as the vessel receive this they write it down and it all comes out in the space of you know an hour and it's just pure genius and it's brilliance and and in some of those cases it it does feel like maybe there is this kind of information in the ether or that that's ready to beam into the human and be created and then in other cases people sit down and really um will kind of carefully and, and with 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 yeah with a lot more choice and and structure kind of piece something together um it it feels like always a piece of you is going to go in into it really but in those cases where you're in a complete flow state maybe something takes over maybe of course it's going to have your touch and your sound on it but maybe there's a chance that something can really really just come in in from from something completely else and it's it's the essence of what original thought is and i like the idea of maybe sometimes being able to do that um i'm not saying that i can do that i'm saying you know you're tapping into something though it sounds like so you released the record with mick uh in the game in 2021 and then you followed it up with your own uh, album now you see it and i'm i'm very curious like did you feel that the new record under your own name is like a continuation of who you were as a songwriter with Mick or was that like kind of a like interregnum or a departure with Mick and you're kind of back to what you do now? I think it was a departure. Um, felt like then it felt like, I mean, everything you do as an artist informs the next thing. And I guess that when you push yourself on the boundaries of what you do, you take a piece of that with you going forward um, and apply it to some of the other things you do. Um, like every conversation or every taste or every flavor that you add becomes part of it. Um, but I I was exploring some new songs, some new ideas, and the now you see it was an EP, so it wasn't actually a full album. It was kind of just a collection of songs that I've been working on that I said I'd like to release and just you know just to put out there and and uh, keep writing. But I'm actually working on an album right now a full record um and that's also a departure really exploring some newer flavors again with some kind of modern elements mixed with some kind of traddy and there's some folk in there and some gospel and i think i'm always trying to you know push my own boundaries and push myself to try something new and see where it goes and, and explore because exploring is, is really really I think grow, explorations where true growth can occur as an artist. So is exploration kind of incorporating new genres or like like stretching yourself just in terms of things you, you haven't done before? I think both for me. It would be the exploration of the genres, but also of the self. I think as we, well, for me personally, as I get older, as I 
learn more things and as I have more life experiences, uh, it shapes and cultivates my outlook on life and maybe my approach to how I would act in certain scenarios and situations. And I feel that that is as much part of the songwriting as the genre. Really, can I dive deeper? Can I? What, what else is there in there to talk about, to sing about, to express? But what else can I say that might be of benefit for saying it or what might be of benefit to somebody else um, in actually writing that song? Is there something to be gained and will you make the world a better place or yourself a better person for having done it or for having gone there or tried it? And that's the thing that interests me within the realms of trying new things and pushing the boundaries of, of artistry. So does exploring new genres push you in a different place, like lyrically or thematically? Like, do you find yourself able to tap into different things as a songwriter than than you would in, you know, like trad folk kind of tradition? Um, yeah, I would say I think that um, within the pushing the boundaries of exploration, it can be interesting genres can... They can offer you a chance to maybe try on a new sound or maybe use words you might not have used before. For example, sometimes when you might be writing something that sounds a bit more traditional in its, in its essence, and you might want to turn that into a story or there, you might want there to be a moral part of it or a, conclu- a conclusion. But yeah, maybe some, sometimes I find that maybe more modern stuff, it might, maybe it can be more conversational in its essence. And... You know, when you try and fuse some of those genres, uh, there can be there can be an openness that, that's created um, that allows the artist to um, maybe say things in a different way, maybe bring in different hints. Maybe maybe it's humor or sarcasm, or maybe it's tongue in cheek, or um, yeah, just different levels of emotion, different layers of emotion that can be applied through trying different sounds and trying different beats. And I think it's really important that we do that. Uh, otherwise, we're only um, really... Tr- I, I'm not interested in doing what I, I absolutely love and admire. Um, I want to take that and be influenced by it and carry it somewhere else. Um, it, it feels like it's a, it's a... It's you're passing around the ball or a torch or, you know, it's a, it's a passing around of energy, but it should be added to uh, like a culture of something that's growing and becomes alive within the person and everybody can maybe put their own bit of identity, their own fingerprint is added to the, is, is added to this thing being cultivated as it goes. And that's where, that's what really excites me. And it, I think that when they're really trying to do that, it's, it, you see, you can see the growth within artists that are doing that. They, like some people find a thing and they do it and they do it really well. And um, I'm a changer. I want to, I, I'm, I always want to try new things. I want to try new instruments. I go into a music shop. I get so excited at the possibilities of learning a bass clarinet, even though I might never actually get to it. But I want to try it on. I want to see what it feels like. And I want to... Same with clothes shops, you know, I want to put on the most ridiculous outfit and then take it off again and then put it back on to see how it feels and looks and, and uh, explore that territory because um, there's, there's joy in that, there's something alive in that. What's that, that growth 
model that you were talking about. And it kind of goes back to that uh, quote that you'd given to the, the, the business times piece I was mentioning about, you know, performance allows you to kind of demonstrate different aspects of yourself that, that you're, you're not, you're not one thing and you, you know, each individual song maybe is a hint at what you are as a whole, but it's, it's not the whole. Yeah. And you know, another quote that I absolutely adore and I can't actually, it, this is not mine, but I, I can't even tell you who did it, who made it, but I love that quote. You're under no obligation to be the person you were five minutes ago. And it sounds a bit chaotic, actually, but there's a beauty to it because there's a, there's a childlike and a playfulness in it in, in the same sense that you'll see a child that's absolutely roaring the house down in devastation and crying because something has happened. They might have fallen or there's sweets that their, their ice cream fell off the cone or something. But then ten, you know, five seconds later, they were roaring laughing and everything's fine again. And the world is beautiful and full of wonder. And the idea that we can swap in and out of these phases of, of who we are and our experience in the world. And again, I know it sounds kind of chaotic, so it, it doesn't necessarily need to be as, as dramatic as that. But um, there is an essence of that within I find artistry and exploring the songwriting territory and the performance territory that you know you you can you sit into this one song and it's a pocket of something you need to say and it might be sad and angry but it's cathartic and it's doing something for you and hopefully for the listener too but the very next song can be tender and beautiful and soft and gentle and nostalgic and it can change as quick as that and you can make the journey slower and the arc more gradual or it can be stark and brutal but just as effective and all of that is 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 down to the person themselves and how much they want to uh, put that spin on it. And I, I think that stuff is really, really beautiful. Like, I mean, you're becoming, you, you know, you're you're weaving with energy. You're you're playing and you're becoming, uh, you're, you're becoming actively involved with the energy around you and in the room and with the people and with yourself and with emotions and with the things seen and unseen in those moments and. I find that fascinating. No, for sure. Well, speaking of taking journeys, uh, I want to put your hand on the tiller and you can pick what our listeners hear next. Uh, I want you to select a track off Now You See It for us to play for folks and if you have a reason why you're picking that song. Oh, cool. Uh, oh, wow. Okay, so I actually didn't realize that we were picking something, but maybe um, Meet Me in the Silence, actually. I would love to uh, pick that one. Um, the reason why I would love to pick that one, um, I uh, this song was recorded and cut down uh, with Sam Kassir in Boston. And what I loved about it was it actually kind of was one of those songs that kind of fell out very fast. And that's not always the case for me. I'm the one that's picking and cutting and chopping words up until the last minute. You know, I'm 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 smoothing down hairs with brittle cream right up until that final uh, moment. And I found it this one. I wanted to talk about the dream it was, the, the feeling that I had about this kind of perfect uh, love, this perfect love that was possible uh, within the fantasy realm. But yes, it was real that you could have a, a world where you meet somebody in the beauty and the silence and you are surrounded by all the things that you love in, in nature, in a crowd, 
but yet it's just the two hearts that shine in between all of it. And at the end of the song, it just kind of goes on this washy journey where the chords keep changing and they modulate and modulate and modulate um, into this kind of warped uh, musical fusion. And I felt that in that song, we we didn't we we explored tried to basically what we were talking about in the song was something I kind of enjoyed. So that would be great. We're happy to listen to that one perfect well we'll give that one a listen uh susan thanks very much for taking some time and really looking forward to seeing you at folk fest and, and safe travels in the interim thank you so much and thank you for the interview lovely to talk to you meet me in the silence in the middle of the night meet me with your soul laid bare where i can know Forest, the spirits we will roam, laugh at holding on too hard. Meet me in the meadow, hearing choruses of birds. I've fallen to your arms, abandoning this world. Meet me under orange skies, dusk and clouds aglow, reflection. I'm not waiting for you, but I know you're there. I'm not waiting for you, but believe me, I do care. I'm not fighting for you with nowhere left to go. I forget that you are out Crowd where our hearts retreat, we step into the circle and dance our secret beat. Meet me when they've all gone home beyond the record spin, exploring depths of darkness. Meet me in the morning, promise creeping in with kisses on my shoulder. Letting love light in Meet me in my dreams Where death cannot take hold We don't have to say goodbye I'm not waiting for you But I know you're there I'm not waiting for you But believe me, I'm okay I'm not
I'm Michael Alves, and you've been listening to a special podcast spotlighting Susan O'Neill, who'll be performing on Saturday, July 8th at 1.30 p.m. at Little Stage in the Forest at the Winnipeg Folk Festival. To hear more featured artists, visit umfm.com, and be sure to visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca to get tickets to this great event running July 6th through 9th at Birds Hill Park.